Campus Ministries chapter here in Abilene, Texas, but we go beyond the word chapter that there's a church that has a college students or there's a church that has children. We've become one big family. Amen. And there's no difference between what we preach and what they preach, which is amazing. If you heard, saw the sign up there for VBS in June, we're going to have our kids are going to run the service on that too. They're going to preach the gospel to us also. So we're talking about the next generation rising up and doing great things for God their way, the way God ordained it to do it. And it's amazing. I heard, I think you guys are going to be doing it again Wednesday night. Someone told they me this. Know, they don't know yet, but okay, well. <laughs> I think all the folks is up here like the day, I mean, some of our ushers, they had the day off today, and they didn't know what to do with themselves. <laughs> They're walking around, got to go do something. And they won't let me do anything. And the singers are running around, what do I do, what do I do? And I said, take the day off. Take the day off. It's amazing. That's good stuff. Good. That's a blessing. And that's what it is. The kingdom of God is a blessing, really. And what we're going to do today is we're still in our Grace series, and Grace Anatomy series. And this one is titled The Blessing of Grace. I was calling it Major League Grace, but I called it Blessing of Grace because of the fact that grace is a blessing from God. And he's always blessing on himself. But what I've been recognizing is us as believers, when things become familiar with you, with us, we kind of take it for granted. And we miss some of the blessings of God in our life. I was driving out to Camp Butman this weekend, and, you know, the air show was this weekend, and uh, two airplanes flew over when we were heading up to Camp Butman, and I was just looking up in the air, I'm like, gosh, these things are about three or four tons, and wow, God, the amazing thing about the law of gravity that you created. Here's these machines flying in the air on the guard's arms. It's like, wow, sometimes we take it for granted. And something to stop and just see how God works just in nature reveals the uh, voice of God. And I believe as believers, we're so busy trying to get somewhere that we miss the, the journey of grace here. And we worry about things we shouldn't worry about. And we forget how to live just for the love of it. But we live for the work of it. You know, in 1995, if you're a baseball fan, that was some depressing moments for some folks because that's when baseball went on strike. I believe it was the eighth time it went on strike and one of the longest strikes. But one of the greatest things happened out of that strike. They decided they're not going to wait for the players and the owners and the managers to come back. They decided to get some guys to come in and play during spring training. And these guys, when they showed up, some of them used to work in Little League. And the Little League coaches became players in the major leagues. They had this opportunity to step up into the major leagues and step up in the major things that was going on. And then they started charging only a dollar for the games. And you never heard those replacement players complain about how much they needed to get paid, how long they were practicing. They came early and they stayed late because they recognized that they weren't a blessing to baseball, baseball became a blessing to them. And they were playing the game because of the love of the game. And they didn't care if they struck out. They didn't have many home runs. They didn't have many base hits. 
but they had a lot of smiles. And I look at believers today, we forget that we get to play, not play with God, but to walk on this earth with God for the love of God, not for the work of God. And then we try to help God out. And I want to share some scriptures with you today about the amazing blessing of grace. What God has blessed us with. He took care of our past. He's taking care of our present. And he takes, he's going to take care of our future. That's why we can play the game of life for the love of life. Since we have an abundant life. And somehow, somewhere... Someone sold us a bill of goods and say life is hard. And we're taking the brunt of every negative thing in our lives. And we forgot that Jesus took all the brunt, the negativity of life on the cross to give us newness of life. In Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it's Paul talking. If you don't know about the book of Romans, it's a fabulous book. In fact, one writer says, if you destroyed the whole Bible and just had the book of Romans, you had the whole Bible. It's an awesome document. Verse 1 says, therefore, since we have been justified, justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we also have also obtain access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice. Everyone say we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now for this moment. Lord, I just thank you so much, Lord. I saw those college students worshiping you for the love of you. And Father, help us as adults to have that same enthusiasm every day, not for the love of work and the love of things, but for the love of you. Remind us, Father, from our children to the youngest, young folks, that it's all about the love of you. And we give you praise and we give you glory this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you see a word in there called justification. Justification means that God declares us righteous. Talked about they preached the gospel here when they talked to them, when they rapped. Jesus died on the cross. There was a penalty that needed to be paid. There was justice that needed to be paid. Jesus did it for us as believers. We couldn't pay the price. So God took his only son to pay the price. Justification means that God declares us righteous. Now, you might not feel righteous, but you are righteous if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And it's great being justified. It's exciting because there's no condemnation. There's no shame. Jesus took it all. He says he's in the shame of the cross. He took it all for us. Why are we walking around with something he took? We shouldn't walk around with something he already took. It's dead and gone. We don't need to pick it back up. He did it for us. Now, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're not justified. You have the opportunity to be condemned and to be feeling shame. 
until you accept him as your Lord and Savior. Then you become free. It's amazing. Justification means that God declares us righteous. He declares us, not me. He declares us. I can't take credit for it. When God declares something, you can believe it's declared. It's going to happen. It already took place. Because he's faithful, as they said this morning. He's true. When he says something, it's going to take place. Amen? Now, there's three things in here. The blessings of justification. The byproduct of salvation. The gifts of salvation and justification. That we miss sometimes. First one is peace. Peace. How many are struggling for peace, right? You got to recognize, you're trying to gain peace like it's a thing. You got to recognize peace is a person. When you're trying to find peace in work, there's no peace there. There's calm. But permanent peace is a person. Because they call him the prince of peace. His name is Jesus. So when you find Jesus, you find peace. The reason why this is so important when you put this in here, because it takes care of our past. God no longer holds our sins against us. Our past is secure. You don't have to think about the past. Jesus took it for you. Took all of it. Take care of our past, of the sins you committed, the sins you commit today, and the ones you'll do tomorrow. The greatest thing about the other thing God gave us is called repentance. When you sin, you repent, and you turn, and you go in faith. Don't stand there trying to build a garden in your past when it's dead. Amen? And you know who attacks us in our past? The devil. He loves to talk about your past. He has, a rip, he has a sheet on you. He knows how to stop you quickly. When you're moving ahead and you feel like you made a mistake, guess who's there to reinforce it? He is your great. Yeah, you did. Yes, you lost it. Yes, it's over. He's your cheerleader. You're a loser. You're a loser. <laughs> Y'all hear the voices? And Jesus took the pass. So, devil, you're a loser. You're a loser. Sorry. I was back there with the kids when they were playing. You know, the older you get, the Bible says we got to become more like children. You know, children don't, you can tell them anything. And they believe it. And parents, we know you tell them a lot because they tell us back there. And they believe it. Hands down, they know. They know this. You have plenty of money, plenty of time to build your life on them. Amen? They have more trust in you than you do yourself. And God says, family, children, have more trust in me like my, your children have in you. 
Could you tell me anything? Okay. It's great. When do we go? You always tell them, we don't have any money. Yeah, you do. <laughs> we're going to get there, right, Dad? We're going to get there, right, Mom? Yeah, we're going to. Yeah. I got time. Two years? I'll still remember that promise to Disney. Yeah. They never forget anything, do they? <laughs> he wants us to be like children, to laugh. God said it. <laughs> it's going to happen. He says your daughter's going to be healed. It's going to happen. <laughs> Don't know when. But it's going to happen. I believe it. Your marriage is in trouble. It's going to be healed. Why? Because he said, I believe it. It settles it. It's like a child. And people say, don't, don't get your hopes up. You're right. I won't get my hopes up because hope's a person. And he's already up. See, you got to recognize the words I'm going to share today. We look at them for things and people, but it's a person. Peace is a person. I'll give you a scripture out of Isaiah 32, 32, 17. It says, an effects of righteousness will be peace, and the results of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. How many love to be here quiet? How many love to trust? How many love peace? And we're all fighting for it. And we think it doesn't exist. But it does exist. It's a person. His name is Jesus Christ. Second thing it says, we have access. That takes care of our present. We can come to God at any time. The reason why this is so important, before Jesus died on the cross, the Jews were the chosen ones. The priests were the only ones that can go in the presence of God for the people on your behalf. And they had a veil to keep everyone else out. Now, if you're a Gentile or non-Jew, which is us, they had a wall. We weren't allowed anywhere in the temple. Some parts of it, but not where the parts they want. We're Gentiles, non-Jews. So there was a wall to separate us. But when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain ripped, the walls came down, and we have access to God anytime we want to. I don't have to fly to Jerusalem to find Jesus. He is right here with me. Takes care of my present. My past is taken care of. My present is secure. Oh, my gosh. And I have access to God anytime I need it. Whatever you need. Don't run in the room. Don't throw a fit. Just pray. Why? That's the blessings of Christ. One thing about those replacement players, they knew they weren't even supposed to be there. That's what was so special. They know they didn't do anything to deserve it. You ever recognize we don't even deserve to be here? That's what makes it so great. Our God's grace and his love is so massive that he allows us to be here and to share his gospel. He uses us, the imperfect ones, to impart his perfect peace and love and grace to impart to other people. When you recognize this is just a gift, wow, 
thank you, God. The reason why I get up in the morning is to give you praise and to share your love. And I don't care where I work because that's where you put me, to give you praise and to share about your work. I have access to God. And he don't drop phone calls. We went up to Camp Butman. Sprint did not work. Everyone was out there. I said, you're wasting your time. You want to speak to people? Speak to God to speak to him. He hears you. Don't worry if you're in the mountain. Doesn't matter where you are. If you're on the ground somewhere, he hears you because you have complete access to him. It's not access denied. It's access granted. At any time, you don't have to get ready to go to God. You are ready. Go to him. He made you ready by the death of his son. Some of us, I remember you have to, I have to be right to go. Man, you waiting for that. Forget it. You were already right. Jesus judged you. God judged us right. That's why he sent his only son. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him we both have access in spirit to the Father. Ephesians 2.18. Because it's talking about there's a dividing wall. Christ came, who is our peace, broke down the wall. Now we all can go to God together. Man. <laughs> You don't have to have a great, you don't have to have a membership card. Just go to God. And you don't have to get ready for it. You don't have to go to a special room to pray. Just ask him. You know why it's hard for us? And I understand, because we talk about he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. It's hard for us to see him as a father. So we act like access means as in those days when a king was in his chambers, his son, kids can see him anytime. There was a young man, uh, one of my good friends, Dr. Kelvin Kelly from uh, Hardin-Simmons, uh, professor. He's one of friend and mentor and everything else to each other. And uh, he would preach on the north side. He preached at his church at Mount Zion Baptist Church. And little Kelvin come running in there. And, he, and Kelvin about to do a message. And he went up, Daddy, Daddy. Then he'd fall out. And everybody's like, what do we do? And Kelvin said this. He has access to me 24-7. I'm his dad. In fact, he's starting to act like me. He's taking my clothes, wearing my hats. Why? Because he says, that's my son. You know, God says, you're my son and my daughter. Why you got to act like you got to have a, you got to knock first. Like you some servant. He loves you. Go ahead and run up on him. He'll never turn you down. I looked at, every time I see him running around the sanctuary, everybody got used to it. That kid, lo- that boy loves church. You know why? He was able to be free in the house of God. He knew he had access to his father who had access to the heavenly father. See, when you write this message down, guys, and you have children, this ought to secure you. 
Your children know Jesus is, their past is secure. Their present is secure. Their future is secure. You don't have to rescue them. They're fine. They're fine. But you got to believe you are secure. If you don't believe, if you're insecure, everything around you is going to be insecure. You know that. It's like a leadership play. You have someone like a Saul who's insecure. The whole army is insecure. That's why David had to go slay Goliath. He had an insecure leader hiding in the tent, and all of them are like, because he's insecure. We learned that in leadership in the Air Force. One of my chief master sergeants told me that. He says, you keep blaming your troops. I said, yeah, well, they have issues. He said, well, you're giving them what they are. They come, whatever you're giving them, that's what they're responding to. Same thing with us. Third one, hope. Hope, I love this. He takes care of our future because we will share in his glory. We will share in his glory. If you're a believer, when you leave this earth, you're going to be in the presence 24 hours a day in the glory of God. I know my ending. Man, I know my ending. And I know my present. And I know my past is secure. Now I'm going to have some fun because I don't deserve to be here. Now I got nothing to lose because I'm not about a reputation. I don't care how you think about me. It's all about how God thinks about me. So when you know all those things are secure, it puts a smile back on your face. Again, I want hope. I want hope. Hope is a person, not a thing. Everybody, you sound like a broken record. That's what it is. Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm not going to make you talk talk in tongues, sorry. (laughs) You want marriage counseling? Jesus. You want your kids to grow? Jesus. You want relationships at your work done? Jesus. I tried the other way. Where's you out? He's the one that changes everything. That's why life's fun. He takes us imperfected ones. And too much we look at ourselves, we take ourselves much too seriously. I'm number one crime of that. Like everything depends on me. And I read the scripture, everything depended on him. And it still depends on him. That's why I need him. There's no way. I can do anything without him. It's not about a person. Can't love my wife fully without Jesus. Can't lead properly without Jesus. Here's the thing. When you know that your past has been pardoned, remember that, pardoned, and your future is secure, that dash becomes fun. Because I'm not going to be judged off my past. See, it's pardoned. It's done. My future, oh, I already know the end of this game. I already know I won this thing. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. That means I don't have to go after results. There's nothing worse 
Nothing worse than you don't know your, your future. And you're trying to, as us teenagers, you say, I'm trying to find my way. I was there. I found my way in a ditch. Because <laughs> I didn't find the way, the truth, and the life. See, everyone's looking for that way, that way, that. It's a person. And it's, he gives us grace because he loves us. Even when you don't love yourself. Some of you here cannot stand yourselves for some odd reason. Or someone says something negative over you and you're believing it. But you cannot believe, you can't hold on to it because God deemed you so valuable, he sent his son. And he doesn't send his son to redeem junk. So regardless what some external person says, eternally God loves us and has a plan for each and every one of us. But you're talking about peace. We're talking about access. We're talking about hope. Now I'm going to end on my favorite scripture out of Romans 8. Now, if I start to scream, I'm sorry. This thing gets me so excited. Romans chapter 8, if you know me for a long time, between Ephesians and the end, uh, Romans chapter 8, I love this scripture because of the fact that it shows and tells us that we're secure. First one is 31. You can't, you had nothing to say about this. Really. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who, what, how can be against us? <laughs> I'm secure. I have access. I have peace that surpasses all understanding. Oh, it, it, just get, it gets better. Can I read on? Okay. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. Some? Some? How he will not also with him graciously, is that grace, give us some things? Half the things. Maybe a little bit of things. I love that word all. If you would like to eat, I like to eat all. <laughs> you know, you go to Buffet City, you just want to eat it all. I'm talking about all. Okay, I'm from New York. I learned how to say all in Texas. Because y'all know how to say all in barbecue. All. 33. <laughs> I don't understand what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> I tell you, this scripture gets me going. <laughs> who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who what? Oh, it gets better. 34. Who is it to condemn? These are the questions. Now we're going to give you the answer. Christ Jesus is the one who died. Oh, I love this. He didn't just die because we lived this, resu- we lived this um, uh, crucified life. This is more than that. I love that. More than that. All. More than that. I love those words. Never got them good in English. Who raised, who was raised, who's at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. 
reason why I told you about access, guys, is because right now, right where you're sitting, some of you have some heart issues. And you're saying, well, God doesn't know. Yes, he does. And guess who's interceding for you right now? Even when you can't pray for yourself, we have a high priest who's praying for you, who has direct access and peace with the Father. As long as you know those folks, know him, you know everything. He's interceding for your pain. He's interceding for that child. He's interceding for that job. He's interceding for your finances. You just have to recognize and just enjoy their access to him. 35. And some of you think you just pray from God. And you believers. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Nothing will separate us from the love of God. Those are questions. And Jesus is the answer. And as believers, God went through a lot to give us freedom. At least sometime, I'm going to make a joke, we can smile and say, thank you, Lord, that we didn't have to work hard for it. We don't even deserve it. We're like those replacement players. But here, the replacement players, they knew they had just a short time of glory in the major leagues. And that time came to an end. <laughs> For us, it doesn't go away. It doesn't come to an end. Justification started when I gave Jesus Christ my life, and it's going to go until I go into the grave. Now, I'll be just for what I do here on earth, but since I know that my past is secure and my future is secure, in fact, my past is part and my future is secure, I'm going to do all I can to share his love and his grace and his peace all over this world. And guess what? You don't have to vote for me. And I don't have to make promises because the pressure's not on me. The pressure's on the promises we learned last week. So when I know I'm free, can we live a free life? Can we be adventurous again? And not leave it to the young folks? Saying, my days are over? You got no excuse. I talked about that last week in Abraham. He was 75 when he got called. And if you want to go on down in the Bible, you're another young man. Got called late. Waited 40 years. He was 80 years old. Here's my heart. I want you to recognize and stop walking under condemnation and shame and so, being so worried about today that you miss the blessings of today. You miss those airplanes flying. You miss the birds flying. 
you missed just the adventures of God in your life. Some of you are killing, you're just shooting yourselves. We asked you to go out to a weekend with us, and y'all took up all excuses why you couldn't go. Because you were scared. And you missed not just what was, uh, you missed just being up there with God and people and doing something you've never done before. Stretching yourself. Spending time with some people who really love you, who are just as imperfect as you are. But God called us to be a living army and most of all, family. I want to encourage you, when we talk about these messages of grace, not to go out and sin, but to broaden your wings and fly the way God created you to fly. Create you to do great things. And you, if you belong to this church, we want to do great things by the grace of God, not by our talent, but by his grace. Schools need to be taken back over for Christ. Our businesses need to be taken back over for Christ. The reason why I say taken back over, because we want to put it back the way it ought to be. I'm not satisfied the way things are right now. Marriages need to be healed. The right counseling before marriage needs to be presented. So we don't have to deal with train wrecks. All those things. And you know where it's all at? Sometimes we wait four years to vote for the next second coming. You're it. Where's change comes? It comes from you. It don't work. You're waiting for someone else? You're praying for someone else to come? God said, it's you. Like that man, that leader told me. You want your troops to change? You change. Peace. Access. Hope. By one person. Christ. Every head bow. Every eye closed.